Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. This has been a very, very busy week. We held our first in-person SMS course since the pandemic. As you know, we taught some in-person prior to the pandemic, but then obviously that shut everything down. We did some online courses that did well. And now we experimented with a in-person course. I taught the course, but I think it went well. We had some pretty good feedback. We covered a lot. And the way we covered it is teaching you the pragmatics of SMS, you know, how to, how to do SMS rather than what SMS is. I have to tell you, though, I have to brag on this organization who hosted the course. It was an FBO. What an incredible group of people and what an incredible culture they have there. And it was evident it was from the top down because the CEO of the organization, and this organization has both a flight side and a, an FBO side. The CEO sat in the course the entire two days and taking notes. It was um, it was an incredible, incredible two days. Again, I thank the organization that hosted me. But I think this relays into what I want to talk about today. With all the talk going on about woke or wokeness, it kind of made me think about wokeness, <laughs> if you will, in our field. Now, trust me, I am not going to get political on any of this, and this is not the venue for that. But it's the idea of woke, this idea of coming into enlightenment, this idea of, you know, coming out of the dark, if you will, and realizing things that we've never realized in the past and being cognizant now and sensitive and and all those words that go along with it. When I think about what we do, I kind of get the sense that there's this movement some have built it under different names, Hop, Safety 2. It, it, it seems to be positioning itself as a like a woke movement, if you will, to safety in terms of that we're coming out of the dark ages. And, and I sit here and scratch my head. I, I, read, I read a lot about it in terms of the view this movement has to what's being called Safety 1. In their view, in Safety 1, basically kind of what we're practicing, is kind of the dark ages, you know, stemming back to Taylorism and, you know, scientific management that people are to be managed and the accidents happen right at the point of the person and not being managed correctly, whatever it may be. It was a big focus on the person when it comes to a failure in the workplace. And in this woke movement, if we if we want to call it that, and <clears throat> I don't want to put a negative spin on it, but I, as a human, we try to categorize everything. So when I think of this woke movement, it is a shift from the individual to the system in which the individual operates. So basically, the, the procedures that are in place, the controls that are, are or are not in place, the you know guidelines, the management, the shift has been moved towards the system or the organization more so than the person. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The one thing I do get concerned about, though, is sometimes we, especially in this woke movement, and I want to say this carefully, but I, I see that the shift is so pronounced and so deliberate that sometimes we don't take into account that individual's accountability. Again, I'm saying this carefully because I I fully agree that we need to look into the system, and and that's why we have reporting, right? Because we want to see where the system failed. But we can't say that the frontline individual was not a part of it and maybe has no accountability towards it. And I think as we've read in the past that, you know, a lot of times, and unfortunately, the frontline is the last line 
of defense, which is not not your best defense to count on because people vary in their performance. And and so we need good layers of defenses. But, but what I'm saying is that if we shift way too much to the other side, and let's say there is a failure, and right away we, we don't really focus on a person's actions, but we focus on why the person did that, what was in the system that, that forced the person to do that or that uh, influenced the person to do that. We, we sometimes forget about the person because, you know, the person it's not a robot, it's not a component. I mean, there's going to be decisions, there's going to be feelings, emphasis, whatever it may be, that we can still learn from. And I don't want to ever discard that. Now, having said that, where I kind of wanted to go here, though, is saying that even though this has been, um, I've heard it billed as the new view of safety, I have a really hard time believing that. Because it's the case where, I mean, at least as far as long as I've been teaching safety management, and the message that we've had in our industry, you know, and I know this uh, new safety has kind of spawned out of manufacturing and chemicals and whatnot, and oil and gas. And, and it's a different segment, and, and that's fair. But in our field, uh, aviation in general, and maybe I'm just too naive and maybe I'm thinking just flight operations and, and flight operation organizations that may include maintenance and not really MROs or FBOs. But having seen what I saw at this FBO it makes me to believe that this this isn't something that really could be classified as a woke or, or new movement because I think it's always been there. And let, let me explain. So as I said, as I've been teaching this and what I've seen in organizations is if there is a failure... And this is the organization level. I'm not talking about NTSB or FAA. But if, if there is a failure, there has been an understanding that we can't automatically point the finger at the frontline individual. Now, some of you may be hopping in your seats. Well, that's what I saw in my organization. Yes, it does happen in organizations, especially ones whose safety culture isn't so robust, we should say. But in the past at least decade or 15 years, I have seen in organizations that when there is a failure, there has been a turn to the system and say, how is it that the way this system was designed, did it help exacerbate or lead to this error, this mistake, or this failure? Like I said, I've seen this time and time again in the industry over time. And just wonder out loud, is it something that is, is a function or has to be a function of a movement? Or is it a function of the leadership and culture that's in place in the organization? What I'm saying there is that I don't think embracing and implementing and truly absorbing a new movement is necessarily the answer. I don't think it's an enlightening where people's like, oh, okay, you know, it's not the person, it's the system. Well, we never knew that. I don't think that's the case. I think it's a function of an organization that has appropriate leadership and an appropriate culture. And what I mean by that, one that's robust and trusting and learning. I think it's an organization and leadership like that in place to that happen. And I think because of that, because of the way those leaders lead and the way the culture they influence, I think that does happen because they, they realize, you know, hey, we care about the people. We want to put the people on their best foot forward. And we, we don't want to set them up for failure. And if we have then we need to know how so we don't do it again. We realize that if a person makes a mistake that results in damage or injury, firing the person, uh, we realize, is not going to fix the mistake. It's just going to perpetuate and it could be somebody else. You know, we look at this case recently in the news with Redonda Vaught, uh, the, the nurse who administered the, the wrong medication into a patient. And you can look up the, the details of that event. It's very sad and tragic altogether on both sides of the fence. 
but when we look at that, it's the organization's responsibility now. And again, not as a function of some new movement, but as a function of being humans and being empathetic and understanding, hey, could have this happened to anybody? Yes. And what can we do about it to make sure it doesn't happen again? And I think that good leadership understands this. I think that leaders that have value-based leadership, that view and value the human over necessarily organizational systems and goals, I think understand this as well. So where am I going with this? Who knows, but it was just something that was really weighing heavy on me. Because again, when I hear these woke movements and potentially this new thinking towards safety, or I say, quote unquote, new thinking towards safety is being a woke movement, I don't think that's it. I don't, I don't think this is an enlightenment. I think it's something that's been there. Um, does it need to be developed in other organizations? Yes. Does, can leadership be taught? Yes. Should we be doing that in the organizations so that the organizations understand that people do fail and that the system can be the problem? Yes. Does this necessarily to me to be a new movement that usurps or get rid of the, the original way that we've been managing safety? No, I, I don't think that at all. I think currently sometimes how we look at safety, even in identifying hazards and the associated risk and mitigating the risks, understanding people's behaviors, I think that's still important. Am I saying behavioralism is the answer? No. But what am I saying? That encouraging and guiding people and understanding that the system's going to perform exactly how the system was designed and that the people are just in the system, are a function of it, but that their performance themselves can depend on the system. I agree with that, but I also think that the individual, too, can never be skipped when looking at how the system failed. So what that means is that as we're going forward and looking in our safety management systems, you, we want to look at the leadership and we want to send the message that we understand the system that you operate in can cause problems and does cause problems. And it is that we want to understand so it prevents it from creating problems from anybody else in the future. And to do that, we, leadership, need to understand how you're doing work. We need to understand what you're doing in terms of work compared to how it was designed. And if the way it was designed is not good and not efficient and causing you to create shortcuts or to bypass things, then we need to understand that. Because we know if we are in an over-regulated environment that can be stifling and asphyxiating and it can stifle ingenuity as well. Next thing you know, people are trying to think outside the box and that could end up meaning they're deviating from what's written, but we have to understand that. And the only way we're going to understand that is to learn from our people. And to learn from our people, we have to understand that they do make errors and that they will make errors and that they do adapt. And that may mean that they deviate from uh, procedures, especially if they don't make sense. So we have to understand that. So we have to understand that, yes, it is the system that we have created as leaders in the organization that can create problems. But again, I know I'm sounding like a, a, a being a dead horse here, but again, we also have to understand that people themselves are a part of that equation. It can't be system all on one side, and that's what we're examining, and then the, the person is in a completely different bucket. No, it's the person in the system, and we have to understand why the person responded that way. And it may be the case where it was a failure on the person's part. It's very quite possible that they, as the last offense, decided, I'm not going to take the time to do this double check because time is money, whatever it may mean. We can't ignore any of that. I guess to wrap this up, and I hope we don't file this one under the uh, the rant bucket, 
But I guess I want us to understand that we, we don't have to go out and embrace a new movement or a wokeness towards safety and throw out everything else to understand the people are going to respond to the system the way that the system was designed. And that if there is a failure, we have to really be open and understand how did the system fail the individual and then look at the individual's response in relation to the system. And that way, I think we can get a better understanding of how our organization is operating and how we can further improve the organization so that we can try to minimize errors as much as we possibly can in order to keep the environment safe. So that's my little ditty for this week. This was something that was really weighing heavy on me and wanted to share with you. Thank you for hanging with me. I guess we can say if you're still listening. As always, if you have anything that you want to talk about or if you have any feedback at all, please drop me a line. We want to be a useful podcast to you. We want to be a useful tool. So let us know how we're doing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for what you do out there. Thank you for carrying the torch for managing safety so that everybody can go home at night. Until next week, stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.